0: Welcome to another episode of Under the Rug. This is chapter two, uh, where we will be discussing all things, um, mental health um, slash depression. Um, We do have a guest on today's podcast, um, but obviously thanks for being here, and um, to each of you for being here and making time to discuss issues within our community um, that have been swept under the rug. So, hey everyone, say hello. Hello. hello okay who's got to, who wants to start off
1: I'll start off no I of just course want to you will no. <laughs> look I was just saying you know I think it's really important for us to put some stats towards all this because it's just really important it's gonna to help um, build a foundation for us when we start talking about mental health so especially for our guest here all the way from far far away um but, World Health Organization. i just saying depression is a common mental disorder. That's what it says. And then globally, more than two, 264 million people of all ages suffer from depression. I just wanted to say that because unfortunately, that's only things that people who have been recorded, right? But like people who have actually been diagnosed with depression but yeah, I guess I'm... can I ask a question first? yes
0: sorry, my first question, I think for everyone is obviously because we're under the rug and we've we speak of things like even with like childhood conversations that we've had or we haven't had with our parents, like I think when did like if you did ever have the conversation, um what would that have been like for you as a child?
1: yeah,
2: so. I grew up in a traditional Polynesian household uh, where those things weren't discussed. But um, my parents split up and so when they did, I went with my mother and lived with her. And um, my mother opened up a lot and changed when she wasn't with my father anymore. Um, She became my best friend and so those discussions were always had, uh, talked about my emotions and things that I was uh, going through with school life and things mm. like that. So, yeah, I guess that dynamic is, is a lot different than, yeah. I guess, the traditional Polish and upbringing.
0: I think for me, I honestly can't recall any time in my life I've ever talked about emotions with my parents, like, um, ever. Like, I, I, I'm trying to even think of a time where I felt like I do remember times where I felt sad and like, but not being able to tell them I'm sad or why I'm sad, but just knew that if I did, I'd probably get into more trouble, you know, then I would like, I don't know, I wouldn't feel better telling them. If anything, I'd probably be even more sad because I'd probably get in trouble for it. But did like, I guess any of you guys have any, do you guys, can you record a moment like any time in your upbringing where you were, able to express those emotions or not?
1: I think for me, um, we didn't necessarily say like mental health or I'm feeling depressed or something like that. But um, my parents were very much open to, you know, if you're feeling a certain way or if you're not happy or if you are really feeling down about a lot of things, you know, that we could easily go and talk to them. But still in saying that they were very still strict parents and like sometimes would be, it would get to that very last point before we would talk to them. Mm. You know, like we would just like try and just get over it or we would talk to our siblings and just really try our best to get over it or talk to our friends. Mm-hmm. And then when it got to the point, we just really felt like it was enough was enough. That's when we would speak to our parents. And then sometimes it felt like it was too late. But the thing about my parents is that always made us feel like It wasn't too like that grateful that we came to them, but that they had wished we came to them earlier than later. Yeah. What about you? Um,
3: I think for myself, like growing up again in a Polynesian household, um, depression, mental health, none of those words ever came up um, in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think because my parents were very religious. Um, the talk to it worries about being right or wrong. Um, so it was never, um, you know, how are your feelings or your emotions or any of that. It's, um, you know, black and white, this is right, this is wrong. You do it this way or, you know, or the highway kind of thing. Um, but mom, in saying that, mom was very, very, um, like she really focused on um, sexuality. Um, any kind of sexual abuse from anyone, that was her thing. So she would always talk to us about um, boundaries, our bodies, that kind of thing. Um, But I don't think really mental health, like that wasn't something that um, was talked about often in our home. I think that's um, awesome
2: that your mother had those conversations with you about sexual abuse and and what that looks like because i feel like that's something that we just don't speak about and the lack of knowledge can can really do damage to be honest in that field
1: what do you think well i'm um, obviously you're, you're a guest on our on the podcast because there's you may have been experiencing, you know, some form of depression um, or anything mental health wise. Um, at what point did you know that you needed to see someone? Like, you needed to actually see, like, a doctor or something just to work out how you were feeling?
2: Um, I think so. A lot younger in my. Um, my teenage years, I was um turning to substances for relief of things that I was encountering, and um just realizing early that I got to a certain point where there wasn't enough drugs in this world that could fill the empty void that I was feeling within with myself. Um, mm-hmm. that drinking and there was wasn't enough liquor there was just realizing that those things those vices couldn't help anymore and um yeah so i just reached out to a, a church leader and um spoke about those experiences and he just mentioned to me that there's help out there for for myself and so just took it from there
3: Sorry, can we just, um, can I just jump in and just backtrack a little bit? So you said that there was a bit of substance abuse um, as a teenager. Was there anything that drove you to the substance abuse, like a particular event or was it the crowd you were hanging with? What what led you there? Yeah,
2: that's, that's a good question. Um, So growing up in my household, uh, there's a lot of violence. Um, uh predominantly from my father um, there was a lot of violence in my household violence against my mother violence against us um so i had that whole aspect of living for a long time before my parents split up but um you know through therapy and and seeing my my therapist you know i backtracked to like you said you know sexual abuse i, I never knew what that what that was, I never knew what that was, I never knew um, that it existed but uh, I encountered that when I was 11 years old and so um, having that experience as a young man, um, realising that you're powerless to another individual, it, um, it really brought me down to be honest and so. I grew up, yeah, I grew up mentally unstable and, yeah, just turning to substances to try and drown those those memories, those events out of my mind. Um,
0: When did you know that, obviously, yeah, I have no idea what that would be like, but when did you sort of know that it was depression? Or when did you...
2: Yeah, so it's like, I've done studies on depression a lot, but uh, there's a thing called like situational depression where, you know, circumstances and things like that, but um, there was times in my life where like I would reach success, you know, I, I, would, I would succeed in, in a certain thing. I had reached what would be like the pinnacle, a, a, deep, a moment where the individual is supposed to be happy because they've reached a certain point. But all I felt was emptiness. You know, I, I felt lonely, I felt sad, and I, I questioned myself, you know. I've reached this this point in my life where everything's going right, but yet I feel this this sadness, and I, I just couldn't mm-hmm. explain it. I, I, I had no answer to what it was because obviously my mind didn't want to take me back to being 11 years
3: old and experiencing what I experienced. For sure. Damn. Um, So, obviously, you know, with this platform and being called under the rug, it's because of issues that we tend to label as taboo, you know, never talked about in um, households and things like that. So, you said that you were 11 when this happened. Um, I would imagine by 11 years old, we would get a, I guess like a, a sense of discernment or um, being able to feel that something is off um, do you feel that this may have been because the conversations we never had as a child like the whole um, what is and isn't appropriate you know with your body and that kind of thing
2: yeah and
3: do you think it would have helped if maybe mum or dad did kind of have those conversations with you
2: 100 percent like just sharing you, you know, speak briefly about having those conversations with your mother and like, her sending you down and, and notifying you, this is what it looks like. Um, this is what, you know, to be aware of, like, even to be aware of these things, like, at the time that it happened, I had no inkling of an idea of what that, what was going on. Like, it, it happened and then, like... I couldn't even conjure up in my imagination that this could happen to another human being, you know,
1: yeah, for sure, I think yeah. for me, to be honest, like I understand what you mean, like I understand what you're feeling, and like for me, it's the craziest thing because you don't talk about it when you're when your your parents don't tell you about it, like they don't talk about it because they don't think that it will be an issue until it becomes an issue like. When it happened to me, like, I remember talking to my parents about it and they were just, like, distraught, you know? Like, they were so, so, so upset about it all. And they're just, like, it, I think they kind of blamed themselves for a lot of reasons. And then at the same time, they are like, they, they were just constantly reassuring, like, it's okay, like, you know, you'll get through it and all that stuff. And I was like yeah 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 and you know what it really does and it's just crazy because like people and I've known so many people who've gone through it and everyone's just kind of reacted in different ways and sometimes I also believe it just depends on how the parent handled it you know when or if they even knew or found out about it and you know like I said like sometimes it was just to the point where it was too late And honestly, like, I can say, like, I'm 31 years old now, and I still can't remember everything that happened. But I knew, like, I know 100% that it happened. You know what I mean? Anonymous person, you know what I mean, right? Like, you bury it so, so, so badly, like, so much, because you don't want to remember, like, what happened. But you remember it enough to know that it wasn't right. You know? I, like, even now, like, me and my husband, like, we would talk about it. Because when you get married, you you feel like you need to tell them as well. Because just in case, like, one day, randomly, it just gets, it just eats at you. You want to make sure that they have a level of understanding as to why you may be feeling that way. you know. And so, like, I remember the first time I actually told my husband, and it was probably, like, one of the best, like, feelings or, like, times of healing for me like all those other times I was fine I was feeling okay and stuff but when I got married I felt like it was like, even more of a burden like I needed to tell him what like what's happened to me like throughout my whole life you know not just what, what he what I want him to know now like I'm really glad that you were able to find some kind of help through someone else like at least' was someone that kind of told you that there is avenues of help you know, like there are other resources out there that you can reach out to to give me the help that you need. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like just talking about that. Like, it's such a you know such a touchy thing. Like, I didn't, talk, I haven't okay. told anyone.
3: Yeah, it's- it is so common though. You know, like it is way more common than you think. Yeah, you know, like and and it's so interesting. You know, as you say, you had no idea what it was, what was happening at the time. Can you imagine how many other people? would have felt and thought the same way they'd be like oh my god what What do you mean that's wrong you know that happened to me when i was young and yeah. so i think kind of as we progress like as we go on um people more and more people are becoming aware that it's it's not okay you know and so i think and I, the whole point of these conversations is to make sure that people are aware of this mm-hmm. um because obviously it can be detrimental i just wanted um, to know just you know were you, I mean, were you in a relationship at the time that you were kind of going through this depression? And how did that affect, like, any relationships you had, whether it was family or, um, spousal, or you know, how how did that affect you? Um,
2: no, that's a that's a really good question. <coughs> um there's a sad thing that, that goes, you know, hurt people, hurt others, you know, and, um, I look back with a lot of regret on, um, the relationships that I had until I sought um, the ceiling, you know, um, I was selfish. Um, uh, and I had a lot of things that built up to me isolating myself and and shutting them off and and um and they were good people, you know. And that's the saddest thing about looking back on the relationships that I've had. They're all good people but they just had no idea what I was going through. And so I would just go on these random shut off modes where they'll try and reach out and help but I, I couldn't even help myself, so And so, you
0: know, in in any companionship, if you're going to neglect someone, that's unhealthy, you know. Um, Can I ask, like, when did you kind of, or how even, did you, like, muster up the courage to even ask for help? Because from what I've, like, obviously, from what I've heard, like, that's, like, one of the hardest things to do is actually recognize and know that you need help and then not even just recognizing it, but then actually going and seeking it for yourself. You
2: know? I had um, I had given up a, a rugby contract, something that I had worked um, a lot of my years towards, towards a mission. And uh, in order to go on a mission, you need to be mentally stable to to fulfill that requirement. So I wanted it more than anything else, and so. In order to go on a mission, I I needed to seek help because if you're mentally unstable, they won't let you go. So yeah, there was a big drive for me to to seek help, and that's why I reached out to my my church leader um, on the things that I was encountering and things like that. Did you actually go and
1: go on a mission?
2: Yeah, yeah, I I went on I went on a mission.
1: You think that um because you worked really hard to get out there on the mission. Do you think the mission helped you? Or do you think when you came back, it kind of put you back?
2: No, it helped me immensely. Like, um, I had a lot of people on the mission that suffered depression. And it's just, like, amazing to think of finding someone who's having this, massive massive internal battle but overcoming that to show others you know like seeing that in a physical physical like manifestation seeing that day in and day out it's like it let me know that you know i can i too can overcome what, what i'm facing you know i just remind you of this quote how's
0: it going it's like um you have been assigned this mountain so to show others that it can be moved. like, You get what that means. Like, you know, like maybe, you know, the, the reason why you were, like because you had the desire to serve a mission um, and go out there, you were able to meet people who have been through things that you've been through or experienced the same thing so that you can relate and sort of help each other along the way, kind of thing, if that makes sense.
1: Sorry, it's so random with my quotes. No, yeah, that's cool, that's true. Like, sometimes it's like, even though it's a battle that you're facing, like, Heavenly Father, one, wants to let you know that it's not just you facing it, and two, you can also be the person that advocates for that other person that helps them get through through it. So it's, right. you know, it's, there's definitely a reason why, you know, you needed to go out on your mission, and that would have been to help so many more people without even realizing it, whether they were facing, like, they're of depression or anything else that, um, any other kind of addiction, you know, mm-hmm. like because you're able to overcome that piece of it, that's still an element that they would have needed to feel like someone understands, if that makes sense. I even had a talk with my cousins, you know, they recently had their brother um, who he committed suicide, but I could just see that they just, they didn't want to be here. It, everything in me just wanted to be there because I knew that this is not them. This is not mm-hmm. normal. He knows he's got a family and he knew, like he normally is someone that just works really hard and just, you know, pushes everything aside and just goes to work. But I knew that day that something wasn't right. And so I, I went to work and then I, I messaged him. I was like, come pick me up at lunchtime. It was just like when they came to see me, I told my husband to come along because I don't know what it is, like even though they're my cousins, but they have such a deep love for my husband that like when my husband shares like gives some kind of counsel, they they know that it's coming from a right like a different perspective and the right place. And I just said to them, Look, I feel like you need to go you guys need to go and see someone, like a therapist. And I asked them, Do you think that? And they're like, Yeah, we do. I was like, I just want you to go and see someone because you're yeah. going to have someone Talk to you and listen to you. That's not going to have a biased stance of like what they what they sh- should be saying to you. Like if you're if it's coming from someone who doesn't know you, like they will just have be able to track your discussions and then show you like physically show you that you can't you're not progressing because you're not doing these certain steps or or whatever. But I'm yeah I'm all for the whole like see someone else yeah. because they're gonna give you. You know, the, they're gonna give you what you need to know in here, um, and they've got a lot of things to back them up. I just wanted to point this out, like, obviously when I was going through all my stats, that everyone's not so grateful about.
0: We're so grateful for your facts and stats, sis. What are you talking about?
1: And, well, I'm just saying, this was like, this was the beginning of this year, right? And this is kind of sad for me because it's like, so at the beginning of this year, they had around 800,000 people commit suicide.
0: At the beginning of this year.
1: At the beginning of this year. But remember, now they're saying, since COVID hit, right, the number of suicides have increased way more and have far outweighed the number of deaths there have been for the virus. Yeah. Right? And then it was sad because the next point that said, especially when um, you mentioned your age, it said suicide is the second leading cause of death in 15 to 29-year-olds you know, like, and that makes me sad because I'm like, for him, he's not even in the safe zone kind of thing. You know, he's still got like three years and it's kind of, and that's only what's recorded.
0: So do you think that all those, so the people that have committed suicide, does it say that it's all based on people that had depression?
1: Yeah, it's only of the, um, only of the people that were diagnosed. Mm -hmm. So sad. Well, welcome to the facts with me. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, with you just hearing that, like, if you had a, like, your circle of friends, do you think that you're the only one that's going through this?
2: Oh, actually, not. Like, um, yeah, I'm very fortunate with my, my circle of friends. Like that, we we do have open. Discussions about you know mental health and and where we stand with our own you know, individual emotions and things like that. Um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, some of us have lost the battle, if you if you can if you can call it that, and some of us you know get on the brink of of losing the fight at times. Um, Yeah.
1: How did we help you? Because, like, for me, like, I remember when my cousins and stuff, I prayed so, so hard. I was like, "I, I don't know how to help them. Like, I don't know. And, like, that day when that happened with my other cousin, like, you know, when they were not going to work, like, you know, the spirit was just telling me, like, just tell them, like, what was available. Like, what resources were available to, and they honestly didn't know. Even though they grew up being members, had no idea. So, like, from from someone who is even still facing that those battles, how can we help you? So then, other people know how they can help their own loved ones too.
2: Um, <clears throat> they've run like they've, they've run a lot of social experiments, like this the sad reality that it comes to the the individual themselves you know to to speak like you can have like for instance two males one is heavily bombarded with support and and love and the other one isn't and they can they those two individual, individuals can still end up on the same path you know of, of suicide it, it really just comes down to the individual to speak up and that's the that's the hardest reality that for those who are sitting by and observing and and supporting to to do is to sit by and and wait for people to to speak up but that's really all you can do like i have a friend that i he was on like suicide watch for a long time and the hardest thing for myself, being someone that loves him and, and would do anything you know if, at the drop of a hat for him is to literally just wait for him to to talk and, and to get off his chest, whatever there was that he was facing. Because you can't force anyone, you know? You can't force someone to use the agency. They have to... They're an agent unto themselves to act, you
3: know? Well, that's kind of something that I, because I've had a little um, bit of time kind of trying to find my own, I guess, trying to do some homework, trying to do some research, because it's just happening so much, you know, and it just kind of gets closer and closer to home, Um, and I really, selfishly, I really don't want anyone around me, you know, having to go through something like that. And I see a lot of, you know, hashtag speak up, hashtag it's okay to ask sort of thing. But correct me if I'm wrong, for someone who is kind of in the guts of depression, is speaking up even something that you want to do? Like I, and this is just based on answers that other people have given me, but I feel like that's not, they don't want to speak up. That's the whole point like that's the whole thing i'm depressed i don't want to talk to anybody about this and so when everyone's hashtagging speak up speak up speak up i'm like well how else can we like what other angle can we come from like yeah. no I was just yes it's the hardest thing like like i was saying um
2: because again you uh, like i can't force anyone to to speak as much as i i love this person and and support us as so much as you love your people. I'm sure, like, I have, like, it's sad to say, but I have no doubts that someone in your circle is encountering some sort of hardship that is burning them, and they carry this day in and day out. But uh, until they are willing to speak, you know, what, I mean, can, what can we do? You know, the
0: scary thing is that you don't know if someone close to you is going through it because of this issue like not being able to speak up like i was okay i'm over here talking about that but i actually looked up stuff <laughs> oh and i did come across this thing where it was in australia was every one of six women and one of eight men that have yeah. suffered depression I feel for me, like, just to think of that, like, one in six, can you imagine how many people, like, how many friends or family members that we have, and if we were to, like, put them all together, like, you know, and pinpoint who, because I feel like, and that's the thing, it's like, like, they, they do say that there are signs, like, there are signs of depression and how you can tell, but at the same time, I feel like people are so good at hiding it, you know what I mean? I think because they know that this information is now out there. Like, mm. you know, like because before we never had these, we never had the stats, we never had like all this information available to us online that told us what depression looks like or what kind of signs and symptoms to look for in your friends or your family. But now that it's out there, I feel like it's made them a bit more aware of what not to look like in front of everybody so that, you know, mm. it's like how to hide your depression sort of thing. Like, did you ever, did you ever feel like the need to do that? Like, did you? At any point throughout your journey, you know, try and hide it, or you know, does that make sense?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, like I spoke a lot about this with my friends, you know, because they know me. Um, my, f- my form of hiding it was being the class clown, you know, mm. like to be the funny guy, to do to be the guy that would do anything for entertainment for my peers. Just to show them that, you know, I'm okay. I'm um, I'm happy. Like everything's okay with me. Like life's a breeze. That was the form of hiding that, that I did.